And today on Living in the Pages, I speak with New York Times bestselling author Corinne Michaels. We discuss her audio obsession, her thoughts on branding, and how a vampire got her through a really hard time. Hello, Corinne. Hello. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. What have you done so far? Let's see. I wrote, in theory, and uh, (laughs) I actually probably didn't write as much as I should have, but had a rather productive morning, just more businessy stuff than what I would have liked. Well, how early do you get started writing usually? Oh, God, it depends. Um, So I usually get up about 530 in the morning to get my kids off to school. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I usually sit down to start writing around 7.45, which is when the last one gets off on the bus. Okay. That's what I try for. Do you find when you kind of get to the end of a book that you are kind of just wherever you can fit it in, kind of manically? Yeah. Yeah. I'm usually done by then. I'm like, once I get past the dark night, uh, you know, like, yep. I don't care anymore. Not that I don't <laughs> care, but I'm I'm like, well, they're fixed yep. now. We're good. Well, congratulations <laughs> on your latest book, If Only I Knew. Thank you. I was seeing the Audible original came out October 26th. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was a unique experience, but I loved it. I've loved everything. Good. I actually really enjoyed working with Audible. I enjoyed the whole process. I'm an audio person, so to me, it was really fun to have the audible release first yeah I always feel like the audible people wind up getting screwed at the end they sometimes have to wait <laughs> months until after the ebook so it was kind of neat to do it in a flip is this the first time you've done this I haven't heard of this yet so I was excited about it yeah it's the first time I've done it um, okay like a few other authors have done it so uh, when I was approached I was really excited to kind of come on board because Again, I'm, I'm I'm an audio junkie. Nice. So. Who are some of your favorite narrators? I love Andy Arndt, Sebastian York, Zachary Weber. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love Sophie Eastlake. She's probably my all-time favorite narrator. Okay. Um, and I, Shane East did such a fantastic job with this. I love him. I love Grace Grant. You know your narrators. I do. Uh, but, you know, it's funny because my favorite narrators are who I contract to do my audibles. Because if I can't listen to my own audiobook, then I don't know that other people would be able to. Yes. It totally wrecks it for me if it just doesn't fit. Or their accents are too mm-hmm. thick. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm super picky. <laughs> who are your favorites, though? Okay, I'm terrible because I don't know. I do like Sebastian a lot. Yeah. And, okay, this sounds terrible, but I love the narrator for Outlander. <gasps> oh. Because it makes me sleep. <laughs> oh, no. But sh- so it's very soothing. Yes. Oh. And I, I can't think of her name, which is terrible. But there was a stretch of time when I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. And I would just put that on and it would be like magic. That's amazing, though. But that's not the point. I mean... <laughs> It's not supposed to be that way. <laughs> I know, but at least her voice is soothing enough to like lull you into yes. a nice place. Oh, so good. Well, you have written a lot of books the last several years. How do you fit it all in? Do you plot heavily or do you just sit down and let it flow? What's your process? I'm a total pantser. Are you? Yeah, I usually will have a very rough idea. Like I will say, okay, they're going to be in an office and I want to flip the tables and make him be her assistant. Um, And that was really, for if I only knew, that was kind of my process. I was like, okay, that's all I know. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, 
if I only knew is probably a really bad example because that's book four in that group of friends. She was the last one. So I probably knew her better than I've known any of the other characters. But for We Own Tonight, for example, which is the first book in that one, um, I knew that I wanted it based on my four best friends and I going to see New Kids on the Block. And that was how the whole story started. The four of us were at the concert and I was like, wouldn't it be hilarious if this happened? And the (laughs) four of us, because we're such lunatics when we're together, plotted that entire book out as like a total, total joke. It was like, like we were giggling and laughing and I was the last one to get dropped off when we took everyone home. And my best friend turned to me and she was like, you know, you have to write this, right? <laughs> That's like, so great. I was like, I really think I have to. And she's like, because this is the funniest thing ever. And it's so us. So those four best friends are based on my three best friends. Because I would be the fourth. We've been friends since we were oh, kids. I love that. Yeah. So it's so funny because I'll get in reviews like friendships like this don't exist. And I'm like, I'm living it. To yep. my friend. <laughs> or, you know, I get like friends don't talk like that to each other. And I'm like, ah, I would like to introduce you to three idiots over here. And they'll let you know. But yeah, we have a very unique friendship. And, and the one thing I love the most from that part of the process was just being able to kind of like have an, a rough idea of who they were. Because they are people to me. Yeah. You know, and then just give them each a totally unique story. It was really fun. Do your best friends love these stories, especially because they see themselves a little bit? No. (laughs) Um, My best friends don't read. Oh. Uh, My one best friend does. And she's my Nicole. Um, She does read all of my books. And she is a total lunatic in the best possible way. And she loved it. Like she'll send me screenshots and she's like, I totally have said that. (laughs) And I'll be like, okay. (laughs) Um, You know, but they're all in my group and the like screenshot things are like copy things and tell me like, see, I told you you're so lucky to have me. And I'm like, Oh Uh, my God. (laughs) Um, uh. But like, I, I didn't know how I first of all I only planned on really writing We Own Tonight I never planned on writing the other girls Mm -hmm. and then it just it became one of those stories where I was like but I really want her to have a story and so I had no idea when I was writing the first one how I would develop the second Mm -hmm. which is where I think kind of being a pantser helps me (laughs) because I could just make things up as I go along yeah I've tried to plot two books and I've yet to write either one of them. See, I struggle with that too. And I want so bad to have it all lined out. Yes. And it just goes south then. I th- always think this would be so much easier if I could just plot a book. And then I go and I have my plot and I have my note and I, I'm writing. And then <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever seen Mike and Molly? I know the characters. The but clip, right? Yep. That's me. I'm like, and then space cowboys. It's I don't understand this because I just randomly things appear and then I go with it. Well, it's pretty great because you've pulled it off now for (laughs) if I only knew. Is that your, is it 13? I think it's 13. Man. When did you start writing? I mean, I've started writing. Well, I didn't start. I've written for a long time, but I published, I think, in 2014. Okay. When did you know it's what you wanted to do? (sighs) Probably 2014. I mean, yeah. it was a very interesting way that I went into publishing. So um, I don't know. I wrote more short stories. I never wrote a mm-hmm. novel. I just okay. always would get bored 
um, with the character. I'd never had a character that I felt strongly enough. So I was writing more like, you know, 15, 20,000 words and that was it and move on. And then I was beta reading for um, two very well-known authors and I started writing my first novel, which is Mm -hmm. the first one I published. And then I wrote a 90,000 word duet. Each book was 90,000 words. So I went from writing very short stories where I couldn't stay with a character for long enough to give them a backstory and all those things to not being able to shut them up. That's so fun. It was a fun two books to write. And I, I really thought with my first book, my goal was to sell five books to people that didn't know who I was. <laughs> uh, I wanted like five non-family or friends. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought I can sell five and then I never have to write the second book because I left it off on a cliffhanger. And I was like, oh, no one will care. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, and then here I'm still going. So clearly that didn't work. <laughs> that backfired on you pretty well. Yeah. Do you ever go back and revisit those short stories? I did about a year and a half ago. I found it on like, I don't even know. I think it was on like a CD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I looked at it and I was I was like, God, I really suck. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that was like the prize. Like, gosh, because I just didn't. I just wrote for me. I didn't write for yeah forever consumption. Because um, somebody was like, you should publish all those short stories. And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think those were meant to be what they were. How has the writing changed for you since people want to read your work? I think, I, I mean, obviously I care. Um, and not that I didn't care with my, sh- probably the ones that will never be published. I just think, I, I didn't think about it. You know, mm-hmm. I just wrote and that was that I didn't care if I used the word because 900 times right (laughs) it was it was what it was yeah so now I think you know they're obviously and I read a lot more about craft and I read a lot more about um evoking the emotion that I want to in a different way I think I you know now it's more instead of saying she felt sad. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you that she felt sad without t- saying she felt sad. So right. those are the ways I think my right, like where you're writing for just you and you're not writing for anyone to ever read it. You can get away with things because yep. nobody, nobody cares and mm-hmm. no one's going to judge you on it except yourself. So that's probably, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I've learned, I've had to come to understanding that I'm, never going to be the writer for everyone yeah and that's okay it's hard because it's hard once people do start giving their opinions then it starts mattering yes <laughs> want everyone to like you exactly i knew and they're going to tell you right. in every fashion very how they do not like you. bluntly <laughs> <laughs> yes they're going to tell you you are a shitty writer and yep. you're going to have to suck it up <laughs> yeah uh, i think that's a very hard thing to go from writing just for yourself or with you think that you're never going to be you know no one's going to read your work mm-hmm. i know a lot of writers that have said that they just put it out because they needed to for themselves and then all of a sudden people start reading it and they're like crap <laughs> yeah what have i done Exactly. <laughs> Any tips on authors trying to find their voice? Oh, I would just say just keep writing. I mean, the, I know that's like the most standard answer. And I probably as a new author, that's like the most frustrating answer is to just keep writing. But I feel like every book, my goal with every new book that I write, my goal is to be better than my last. And that only comes from continuing to write. Yeah. 
So true. You know, if I don't keep writing, I'm never going to get better. I'm never going to write a better story because I'm not writing. If I'm just thinking about it in my head, it's not, it's not there. It's not on the paper. Because you can fix what's on the paper. What about any marketing tips? Uh, That's such a hard part of the business, but a huge part. It really is. I I love marketing. I, I Do love you? it. Like, it is my favorite thing in the whole world. Um, if I was not a writer and I could just do marketing, I really do. Like, I, I love it. Um, I'm big on branding. I think okay. that you have to, you know, the biggest tip that I ever had was somebody asked me at a conference, who are you as an author? Mm-hmm. And I stood there with like this dumb expression on my face and was like, uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> and now if somebody asks me that, I can say that I'm an emotional writer who likes to put characters in intense situations and find love through the triumph. Like find mm-hmm. it through the hurt. Like mm-hmm. in the hurt, you can find her happy. So I can answer that question. So now marketing becomes much easier if you know who you are as a writer. That's great advice. What are you working on now? <sighs> uh, on a, Huge sigh. A novella. I know. I'm working on a novella, and I, I don't know why I, I love novellas, but, and you'd think that considering I wrote short stories, this would be like right up my wheelhouse, but I hate them now. I don't know how really? to say, I don't know how to not put like tons of plot in and with a novella I feel like you can't so yeah I'm I'm working on a novella for a thousand and one dark nights in the salvation series which I'm really really excited about because I have not written in that series for three and a half years but I have three more books that I promised readers in that series and I kind of not went back on my word but I could not write them mm-hmm. at the time but now I I have stories and I really want to write them so I have that novella and then I have another book that that I really can't talk about, but that will be that's the other one. Okay. <laughs> like, I wish I could say more, but I, the announcement still has not come out, so I'm just Ooh. having to keep sitting on it forever. Exciting. How yeah. many books do you usually try to complete in a year? I used to be a much faster writer, um, so I used to do four. Now I'm like. I like to complete three to four if I can. Mm-hmm. But I, I truly feel like every year I'm less productive and I don't know why. I'm just tired. Yeah. Especially when you are trying to get improve with each one. That can be a challenging to produce that much work. Yeah. And I mean, I have... I have two kids and I have a husband who wants me to actually be his wife. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so I feel like those, like, you know, that's part of the challenge too is balancing. I read that you started writing when your husband was deployed, mm-hmm. which thank you f- and your husband oh, for that. You. I'm sure now that he's home, that changes everything. Yeah. He was military for a very, very long time. Um, and we've, He's been out now for, gosh, I think he got out in 2013. Mm, okay. And so I was writing all those short stories during that time. Mm-hmm. And I was reading. I was a, like, I was every author's dream one clicker. <laughs> I, I mean, in 2013, you know, when the, when the indie market exploded, yeah. I, I was the person sitting behind that Amazon one click button. And if, <laughs> if you told me I might like it, I bought it. Um, I think I have like 
3,000 books on my Kindle. It's oh my not even goodness. Normal. And those were like, I just bought everything. I bought everybody's books. I haven't read them all, but I bought them all because I, I needed them. <laughs> I probably had that delusional feeling that like Amazon was going to go away and take all of the books with yes. them. So if I just bought them, then they were mine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when he was gone, I was very lonely and very sad and, um, you know, all of the things that, that we deal with during deployment. So mm-hmm. reading was truly like the only thing that got me through them. I remember when he was gone, he was gone for 18 months, one of the times, oh. and I was, I probably read Twilight like 33 times. It was just, oh my I would just keep reading it because it was the only thing that made me feel like I would be okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, because Edward would come back. Like, that was me. Like, he would come back because he would come back. And that was, like, that's why I loved romance because he would always come back for her. Like, he would, mm-hmm. he would always come get her. And so I remember that was my my crazy phase with Twilight. And then when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, I was very happy <laughs> during that. I remember just, um, I loved those books. And then I just became... You know, it was like one after another. I just would mm-hmm. devour them and dev- like I could not find enough books. It felt like to satisfy my hunger for romance. Uh, do you still read like crazy? I read historical or paranormal. Okay, I don't read contemporary anymore, and I I don't know if it's because I don't know. Are you this way? If you start reading a contem- a book, you can usually figure out the plot very quickly. Yeah. Like, I'm like, by page 10, I'm like, nah, okay, I got it. Yeah. But historical to me is so different. I think it's a little bit predictable, too. But it does have the element of history thrown in there, which is... I like the chastity of it, too. Yeah. sounds crazy, but I like... I do. I love that, like, their first kiss is so intense because it's (laughs) not allowed. Like, a kiss is not allowed. Yeah. Um, But I agree. It is totally predictable, and I know what's going to happen. But I like the – I like slow burn. Mm -hmm. I like the – I don't – I just love the whole courting and the – I don't know. So, anyway, I read a lot of historical, but I also do read a lot of paranormal, which I don't feel like is is predictable half as much. That's true. Yeah, that can – be crazy. Yes, because then all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do a fast five where I ask you questions and you answer off the top of your head. Okay. What is your favorite age? 16. Last book you read and loved? I just finished The Duke and I. Oh. Favorite date night? Dinner and a movie. Flying or invisibility? Invisibility. Habit you cannot break? (sighs) Biting my nails. Oh, dear. So bad. Have you tried that polish? That tastes so terrible. That's what my parents did to me. Yeah, I actually (laughs) have to have like that hard polish. Have you heard of it? Like the dip? Oh, yes. So I actually have to have that on or my nails. I will chew them until there's nothing left. It is so so hard to get that stuff off. Yeah. Man. It's the only reason I have nails now. (laughs) (laughs) Will we see you at any signings in 2019? Yes. I know that I'm going to be in rare London and rare Rome, and then I'm in New York, I think. Ooh, fun. And then I think, oh, and then Readers on the River in Kentucky with J.R. Ward. It sounds like a fun year. Yes, more signings than I thought. I was I was so funny. I told everybody, I'm like, I'm not doing any signings. And then next thing I know, I have like six of them. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> how do I do this to myself? <laughs> oh, well, I think we should sing a song now. Oh, no, you don't want to hear that. I know, that's what everyone says, but that's 
why it's so fun. I know, but really, you don't want to hear me sing. But I okay. was thinking maybe Footloose. Okay, Footloose. Are you ready? I, I'm. I'm so nervously ready. <laughs> Everybody, cut loose, foot loose, kick off the Sunday shoes, please, Louise, pull me off of my knees, Jack, Jack, get back, come on before we crack, lose your blues. Everybody, cut foot loose. Everybody cut, everybody cut. Oh my gosh. Everybody cut, everybody, everybody cut. cut. Everybody I can cut. just picture everybody Kevin cut. Bacon right now. Exactly. I'm totally picturing him in my head kicking his leg right now. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for being part of my podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year feels like it's moving so fast. I know it does. Well, have a great rest of the day. Thank you. You too. I will talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Please share with your friends and leave a review.